This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Barnet nil, Wrexham nil. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC and <clears throat> well, we inch a little bit closer to the title, although Notts County made two points up on us by winning against Woking later on in the day. The simple situation, we need six points from nine games, our next two games are at home and so We've got to try to win those two home games and not take it to the last weekend when it could get a bit hairy, to be honest. Anyway, on to this game. A game which was dominated really by Ed Duckworth, the referee, and I'm not inclined to make excuses, but I think it would be a very incomplete explanation of what happened to this game if I didn't talk about the role of the referee. Now, <clears throat> he made one massive decision which was to send Callum McFadgen off in the 52nd minute that had a huge impact on the game I'm, I'm not going to hang him out to dry over that though because um, I've hummed and hard over it for a long time and I'm not convinced either way myself so if I can't quite decide there's absolutely no way I can turn around and say the referee was wrong um, we'll get to the instant in a bit what I would say though is that there were a number of other decisions he made which weren't great, and not just that, just a general feeling of, well, let's put it this way, the referee is allowed to decide where his threshold is for physical contact, obviously. Um, it, it didn't seem to be consistent between the two teams, to be frank. Uh, the Wrexham seemed to be getting penalised a lot for not much contact if the Barnet player went down. Some of the Wrexham players, and Palmer particularly, took a terrific battering and no foul was given. Now, Barnet are big, they're physical, and it really suited them to have almost carte blanche to knock the Wrexham players around while getting decisions their way. And in a way, that affected the game, I think, as much as the red card decision. But anyway, let's get on to the action. One change for Wrexham, Callum McFadgen coming in for Mendy, who pulled out injured. Hopefully Mendy's fit for Tuesday, because McFadgen, unfortunately, didn't last the course. And, <clears throat> I mean, the first half, we didn't get out of them going properly. Important point we have to make. Barnet are good. <laughs> you know, they are fifth in the table. They are a little erratic. But, you know, they're fifth for a reason. And, yeah, they, they presented us with some issues. There were very few chances in the first half. And, and those, well, there was one chance, really, in the first half, which came in the ninth minute. And that was a lovely piece of play by Elliot Lee, who shimmied brilliantly past two players on the left. Fed Mullin, great return ball by Mullin. And Lee, from the edge of the area, left-hand side, ripped a shot inside the far post. Really good save by Laurie Walker, who would turn out to be perhaps the key protagonist in this match. <coughs> Beg your pardon. Halfway through the first half, there was also a, a near opportunity. Brilliant work by Foster, who took a quick goal kick. And Mullin would have been one and one if Sam Beard hadn't managed to lunge and make a desperate last second intervention. So close to putting Mullen clear. Mullen had a very frustrating day, just didn't get great service, and when he did, the ball just wouldn't stick properly for him. Um, it was that sort of game. But Barnett didn't really threaten at all for Wrexham. They had a lot of long throws, ironically, um, from Cropper. They had a lot of corners. So they put a lot of balls into Wrexham's box and the centre-backs and Foster were outstanding and dealt with things really, really well. So nothing really created by Barnett in the first half. Barnett sort of 
played a very similar shape to how Notts County played on, on Monday. And this was more a case of the two teams I mean, cancelling themselves out a little bit. So, second half, Wrexham come out. Started quite brightly. And then the big call in the 52nd minute. Uh, Barnett doing well down the right, crossing it in. Uh, Palmer kept it alive, nodding it down into the goal mouth. Mullin tried an overhead kick. It was a difficult one to try. Six yards out, and it skewed off the outside of his boot and dropped wide in the six-yard box. The keeper, Walker, got there comfortably and fielded it. McFadden was coming in at the far post and appeared to make contact with Walker's head. Now, the referee very quickly gave a red card. And Mike the Ref, our ref correspondent, our referee assessor, has put a brilliant thread on Twitter talking through his view of the office, which I have retweeted. Have a look at it. He felt it wasn't a red because McFadden wasn't deliberately kicking at him. He, you know, it's not violence. And I, I'm, on balance, I am inclined to agree. And a lot of people have been saying McFadden left his foot in. I'm really not convinced that he did. He certainly didn't take a swing at him or anything like that. Um, but he appeared to make contact with sort of his jaw walker. And the referee was very quick to bring the guard out, as Mike the ref says in his thread. He should, have, if he'd given himself a little bit of thinking time and thought through the rules, he probably would have given him a yellow. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it was deliberate. And I don't think he left his foot in. And I'm a little confused that people are seeing that myself. Um, he did make contact with the keeper's head, though. And like I said, I'm not going to hang the ref out to dry over this because I can see how you could interpret it another way. But I think McFadden was unlucky. So now Wrexham down to 10 men, but we want the win. So we're not going to sit off. So we left Palmer and Mullin up front. And naturally, Barnett started to look a bit more dangerous with a, with a spare man. Cropper was getting lots of space on the right to put crosses in. And we were having to defend more. <clears throat> the referee still had some moments, though. Just before the hour mark, Harry Smith, the centre forward, who was, oh, how should we put it, very vocal when McFadden made the challenge and was suspiciously sort of making contact on the back of his head to send him on his way. I don't know if he's trying to provoke a reaction that looked like it. Uh, went in very high on Cannon and got himself a yellow card, which the Wrexham players felt should have been a red, and I can definitely see the logic in that. Um, if you look at the highlights, the, the replays we were given aren't great, but if you look at the highlights and actually freeze frame it, I know I don't like freeze frames, but just to make the point, because the, the, the replay is shown at normal speed, um, freeze frame at the point of contact, it's a studs up contact halfway up Cannon's thigh when Cannon is standing up, he's not crouching down. I think there is a case for a red card on that, but ref gave him a yellow and soon after that Wrexham very nearly took the lead bang on the hour mark brilliant run again by Barnett down the right hand side but he didn't seem to have much idea of what end product he wanted and so he rather ran into trouble and lost the ball in the penalty area but it span out and Palmer was terrific about seven yards out just right of set of the goal pivoted and smashed a brilliant first time shot back across the keeper brilliant save by Walker to throw his hands up and palm it over the bar for the corner. From that corner, the ball swung across the face of goal. Nobody makes contact as it tantalisingly floated went across. But a big part of that was, for me, 
a clear penalty to Wrexham, I've got to say. But Ben Toza coming in at the far post, Collins marking him, doing what Carl Cameron did on Monday. Maybe allowed to do this to Wrexham players. Didn't look at the ball, just grabbed hold of Toza, stood his ground, and Toza couldn't attack the far post because he was being held onto. It Oh, dear me. Um, well, never mind. By the way, that fine save by Walker wouldn't be the best save he'd make in the match. More of that in a moment. Just a minute later, after that, there was danger at the other end. By now, Mickey Kabamba, their top scorer, the fourth top scorer in the division, had come on, coming back from a couple of games out with injury. Carnu swept across in. The defender managed to get a touch to it, but it carried to Kabamba with a tight angle on the left-hand side. He cut it onto his right foot, drilled a powerful shot, but Foster getting down at his near post held onto it comfortably. And then uh, another moment of controversy, well, two moments, shall we say, uh, which the referee had to adjudicate. One was Sam Beers, Wrexham defending a corner, but breaking away. Mullen did really well to hold on to the ball on the edge of the box when there was still danger. Hold Beard off. There were hands on Mullen. Mullen allowed a teammate to come away with the ball. And then as he ran alongside him, Beard flattened him off the ball and got a yellow card. It looks like he first throws a punch into the back of Mullen's head before then barging into him. I don't know. I mean, again, what does the referee see? And would he give it differently if he looked at it again? I don't know. But it was certainly wild by Beard, who was taken off soon afterwards, interestingly. And then, within moments of that incident, Wrexham get the ball into the box. It ricochets back out again. Brilliant first touch by Cannon, 25 yards out to sidestep his man. He drills in a powerful shot, which hits Potter on the arm in the box. Now, for me, the ref does well to not give the penalty here. It certainly hit his arm, but Potter's arms, I think, are in a natural position down by his side. He has a lot of time to see it coming and doesn't go out of the way, but no, I don't think that that's a penalty at all. I think the ref got that right. Wrexham had to switch things around. Cannon was taking a bit of a battering, so Young came in and added a bit of muscle in the middle of the pitch. Wrexham soon afterwards were under pressure once more. Cropper putting in a cross. James Jones, as the ball bobbled dangerously around the penalty spot, made a really good interception to stop a shot. But the ball came back out to Pritchard. He drove the ball in from about 25 yards, took a horrible deflection off O'Connell and span wide of the right post considerably wide at the right post but there it was a heart stopping moment because Foster had dived the other way to cover the direction of the shot and had no chance of getting up if the ball had spun off O'Connell a little more narrow and been on target 15 minutes late though later Walker makes that fantastic save I'm talking about horrible defender by Barnett a toes a long throw which they allowed to bounce in the goal mouth it bounced through to the far post where O'Connell came steaming in and about three yards out, makes contact with an excellent header. Although it really was an excellent header. I know you might say, three yards out, you've got to score. But he had a defender right in his face. And he did really well to head it with power past the defender. Somehow, the walker had scrambled back across his line. And as the ball was about to cross the line, got his hands to it and pushed it out. A hell of a save that was. And real frustration for Wrexham. The closing periods would see Barnett come on strong as they looked for the winner, though. Ten minutes left, Cropper again standing up across the far post. Smith, a big target man, he's been banging the goals in on loan from Orient. I think it's 8-11 now. Gets up at the far post. Great chance, close-range header. O'Connell backed into him well, though, and Smith failed to control his header and put it just wide. 
Wrexham refreshed things. Dolby came on for Palmer and looked lively. Maybe could we have tried him a little earlier? I don't know. And <clears throat> very pleasing to see Anthony Ford coming on for the last four minutes to give Barnes a rest. But the closing minutes were Wrexham digging in and surviving. In the last minute, Courtney Senior substitute pushing the ball across the face of goal to another substitute, David Moyo, who had a, what looked like a tap-in from six yards out and missed the ball completely. An incredible let-off. He was just offside. It was hard to tell. I don't think he was given offside. So lucky, lucky let-off in more than one way there. And then came Foster's best save of the match. Two minutes into added time, a corner coming in. Akimo challenged for it. Didn't keep his eye on it, but it hit his back and looped towards the far post. It was going to go just inside, and there was a striker attacking it as well. Foster, great feet to get across, stretch, and just get enough of a hand to it to push it around the post for another corner. There was one more threatening moment of six, six minutes of added time. Corner coming in, a punch by Foster but he had a hell of a lot of players to get over so he could only punch to the edge of the area where Pritchard lay, leaned back and blazed a shot well over the bar when he really should have done better so a point which is okay it leaves us on target on track now to have our destiny decided in our home games looking at the performances uh, Foster was excellent again commanding in his box that great save near the end as well. Uh, the ball forwards, which nearly put Mullen in. Uh, yeah, Foster was excellent. The three centre-backs, I thought, were outstanding and probably our best three outfield players. Uh, we went for O'Connell as man of the match in the commentary. He made a number of good tackles. He continues to pass the ball very astutely and start attacks off. That backing into Smith saved a goal as well. And he was very unlucky not to score. So, yeah, I think that sounds like a reasonable definition of a man of the match. Toza was superb, though. I mean, Smith, like I said, is prolific and very dangerous. And Toza snuffed him out. Number of interceptions Toza made in and around the box. I thought he was absolutely terrific. And then again, O'Connor. It's not his best position, but he can certainly play it. He defended again stoutly, brought the ball out well to use the ball well. The three of them were really terrific. As <clears throat> for the wing-backs, Barnett was probably our best attacking force. He was really driving on and causing some issues, getting crosses in, running at players. On the left-hand side, I thought McFashion did well. He looked like he was glad to be back on the pitch and eager and battling for everything. And, and then maybe battled too much for one and got himself sent off. The three centre-mids, I mean, it was a difficult game in midfield. Barnett would bypass them quite a lot and there was a lot of physicality to deal with Lee was so lively early on didn't influence it as much later on but put in an excellent shift I mean goodness me who knew that Elliot Lee would very happily be a box-to-box -box, uh, midfielder he did really really well Cannon again this is one of those games where players were knocking him around a bit and he wasn't getting much protection from the referee he had some nice moments and it was a good strike that ended in the handball appeal but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't quite his type of game. And then James Jones, probably the pick of the midfielders again, because it was his type of game. Rolled his sleeves up, battling away when we were down to 10 man. He's a great player to have on the side. Again, plugging gaps, making the challenges and interceptions. Nice link play with Barnett. I thought Jones did well. Up front, oh, it's frustrating for them, really. And Mullin, just like I said, this ball wouldn't stick for him. And he didn't get that much really to work with. And he also didn't get much protection from the ref, and certainly Palmer didn't. I mean, Palmer took a beating. 
a real beating, and the referee barely gave him anything. So um, he battled manfully and had that great shot, which was saved superbly by Walker. Um, but it was difficult for him to get into the game. Luke Young did well when he came on, I thought. Made a lot of good tackles, was physical, was aggressive. Uh, Dolby was quite lively as well, running around at people. Uh, so And Ford's good to see him back, isn't it? But he didn't have that much to do, really. An awful lot was coming down the right-hand side from Barnett's point of view. Cropper trying to get past Lee and O'Connor. So, yeah. It's a point. It's a good hard-fought point. We played almost half the game against the side who were fifth in the table with 10 men, and we got the point away from home. That's a definition of a good point. I admit the context changes things slightly, but still, we've kept our destiny in our own hands, and that's what the important thing is. So on to Tuesday now. Whew, it never ends with the final score of Barnet nil, Wrexham nil. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Rexham AFC media team.